kids in school, the environment online that everything has on our, our society, um, concerned about that. And I think uh, us as the church, we have a message to tell. And I don't think we're being influential enough with our message of hope that we have. So uh, would you uh, pray with me this morning that God would influence us to influence others. So uh, let us go before the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, we come. Uh, a needy people on a lovely morning. But Lord, we uh, are here in your church, Lord. We're asking, oh God, that you would speak to our hearts. Holy Spirit of God, would you help us to be open to the message? Would you just drive a home for us? Would you help us, your people, Lord, to be an influence on the world around us for the gospel, we pray. In Christ's name, amen. All right, well, listen, um, looking at, um, if you have a Bible, you should have a Bible, which you turn to the book of uh, Kings with me this morning, 2 Kings chapter 5. If you find 2 Kings chapter 5 for me. This morning, that will be good. So, you know, you will hear a lot about social uh, media influencers if you're online in any way, shape, or form. And they have a, a really powerful voice, That being that if, if they disagree with something that you say or do, they can very easily, um, I suppose, by their words and their influence, uh, have you shut down. I know uh, lots of different... Uh, Places where they've struggled with online, I suppose, um, people being influential online and getting them closed down. I read a story yesterday about a statue in Cork uh, that cost €40,000 to get made. And uh, people online complained about it. And, uh, and the council in Cork have removed the statue from where it was in Cork. And it was only recently done. And, uh, you know, just the pressure of the, the people online can be, can be immense. And I think we need to be careful about the influence we have and how we share things online. Um, but I don't think we should be so quick to allow the world to influence us to, in a sense, to put a tape over our mouths or over our fingers so we can't type what we really think or say uh, in our lives. But social influence really influenced the people around them and the people that are listening to them. And, uh, and I want us to be somewhat different. You know, influence is a real, I suppose, important subject for us because we all have influence and we're all influenced by other people. And sometimes we don't realise how much we're influenced. If I was to start yawning right now, what would the rest of you all start doing? A few minutes, you would be yawning too because I'd influence you and you just... What would you be influenced by? Is it the magic of my yawn? Is it how good I can yawn? No, it's just by what you see, isn't it? Aren't we influenced by what we see? We're influenced by what we hear. So it's really important that we're mindful about what we're seeing and what we're hearing, but it's also important about uh, we're, we're careful about what we're using our influence or our words to say or do. So what is influence? Well, Dictionary says this, says the power to change or affect someone or something. The power to cause changes without directly forcing them to happen. Or a person or thing that affects someone or something in an important way. So you can see that it's important. So if you think about your influence, I'm going to name you now in a minute. Some of you are getting very scared when I say I'm going to name you. But if you're a parent in here, you have an influence. Who do you have an influence on? 
your children, don't you? Obviously, you have a broader sphere of influence, but you, you very much have an influence on your children. If you're a new hope now, who do you have an influence on? Your children, but also the men around you. You know, so we all have an influence. So let me use a few more. If you're, if you're working a job, you have an influence on the people around you. If you're an employer, you have an influence on your employees. If you're an uncle, you're an aunt, you're a neighbor. Whether you're a third, you're uh, young or old, you're a teenager, we all have influence on somebody. If you're a teenager and you're in school, you have influence on, on the, the other kids in your class, the other kids in your school. You have an influence in your sports club if you're on a football team or a Gaelic team or whatever that might be. You have influence. You have value. You have something that can make an impact on somebody else. The question for us is this morning is, how well are we using that influence that we have? You know, if somebody was to ask, ask I suppose, a question about you, you know, do, you, do you know what religion they are? Do you know what faith they come from? You know, would you be found guilty or not guilty? We need to be found guilty, okay? People need to know who we are and what we stand for. That's important. Uh, but what about in church? Do we have an influence in church? You know, everybody in here this morning can have an influence on somebody else in here this morning. It's important that after somebody, a new face in church this morning, that you make sure you go and say hello to them. If you're new, hello. If I don't recognize you, hello. Because uh, there's certainly some people in church that I don't recognize and I come in. Try say hello it's not always easy to get to them, but try say hello, be welcome, and all that's all good. But our influence, are we using it for good or are we using it for bad? Um, let us look for a few minutes at the book of Second Kings, a real interesting story. You're not going to go through the whole story. You're going to jump around in it a little bit. But uh, it's the, I suppose it's talking about we're going to look at some people of influence. Um, and if you look at chapter 5 there with me... Um, we're going to look at a guy called Naam. And uh, he was the commander of uh, the army of, of the, the king of Syria. Uh, and we're told in verse 1 that, And now Naam, the captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. Uh, he might alt, uh, also... Uh, he was also a mighty man of valor. But look at this bit. It says, but he was a leper. So he was a captain. He was in charge of the army. He was uh, an honorable man. He was, uh, had a great relationship with his master, his boss, his king. Um, the Lord had given him uh, victory over, uh, over the battles he was in. Uh, he was a mighty man of valor, so he was brave. He was honorable. But he had a problem. He had a problem that he was a leper. And uh, look at verse 2, it says, And the Syrians had gone out by companies and uh, brought away captives, uh, a captive out of the land of uh, Israel, a little maid. And she waited on Naam's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, uh, were a prophet in, uh, in that in Samaria, that he would recover him from his leprosy? And one went in and told his Lord, saying, And thus saith the maid, that is out of the land of Israel. So what happened here was the, the little maid is 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 like uh, looking after the uh, name's wife. Does all the washing, maybe does the, the washing up, does the cooking, does the cleaning, that kind of stuff around the house. And she can see 
Nahum has this huge problem and he can't fix his problem. And do you know that's what happens with God? God uses our problems to get our attention. And that's what he's going to do to this to this uh, mighty man of valour. He's going to use his problem to get his attention. See, he has leprosy and there's nothing he can do about it. But we have this little girl. She's the little maid. And uh, she is in a strange place. She has been taken captive from her country. She's living in a different area. She is forced as a slave to work for this family. But she doesn't get bitter. She doesn't get angry. She doesn't go hard against God. She, uh, you know, has a, a good testimony in, the, in this house. So much so that they listen to what she says. Because of the way she acts and the way she holds herself, the people around her um, listen to her and they respect her. And even though she's just a little maid and she's just, you know, in, in a sense in that society, she's on the bottom of the ladder. She's a nobody. But yet they're listening to her and these are the people at the top of the tree and they're listening to what this little maid said. So what did the little maid do? Well, she knew she didn't have any right to be able to influence Naaman in any way, but yes, she did influence him. You know, she spoke with confidence. She was direct when she was speaking. You know, she knew she couldn't help Naaman herself, but what could she do? She could point Naaman to somebody that could help him. And isn't that true for us all this morning? You might be able to do something for somebody, but with God, you always know somebody that can help them. And that's what we need to remember. You, with God, you always know somebody who can help. So what does she do? She directs name to who? She directs name to the preacher, doesn't she? She sends him down to the prophet uh, in Israel. And, uh, and she sends him down. And what's she doing? She doesn't know what to do. So she sends him down to the prophet. And, uh, and, and we're going to kind of leave the story. But she influences him by her words. And we need to always make sure that, you know, we, we have a, a good uh, understanding of who we are and that we can know God and that God can do the miraculous in our lives. But sometimes, you know, you're looking for that more experienced believer that you might need help from. So what does she do? She says, listen, I can't go, but if you go see the preacher, he's going to be able to help you. And it's always good for us to have a good relationship with the preacher in our lives. And our pastor's away, so somebody else can say that when he's not here. But make sure you have a good relationship with a pastor in your life. It's so important for you in your spiritual life that when you're sitting there and pastor's preaching, that there's nothing between the two of you. And if you ever have an issue with the preacher, you should go and see him on his own. And, uh, and, and get counsel. I would encourage you to seek pastor's counsel and advice uh, on important issues. Uh, what did Paul say uh, to the Corinthian church? He says in chapter 11, verse 1, he says, Be ye followers of me as I am followers of Christ. So it's always good that we have somebody that's a good example in our lives to be looking up to. Because we all follow somebody. You need to make sure that you're following the right people. You know, allow yourself to be influenced by the godly people in your life. Nahum was influenced by this little godly girl that was in his life. Now, um, his wife listened and people told him. And then he went on the strength of that and he went and told his boss. And his boss then tries to work out a plan to send them down uh, to get healed. So um, Nahum goes and he tells uh, the king of Syria uh, 
what the little girl had said and that there's a prophet in Israel that can heal leprosy. And the king, the king says, okay, well, let's, let's send you down. So he gets a load of gold, he gets a load of silver, he gets things ready, and he sends a letter down to the, uh, to the prophet, and he sends him down to the man of God. And um, it, get, it gets to the place where the, the prophet won't take money for, for healing him. But what he says, is, and, and we should be thankful that God doesn't work, you can't buy God off. You know, that's important, that's good. But uh, this guy goes down, he sees the prophet, and, and the prophet heals him. And Nahum gets healed. Look at verse 15 of chapter 5 with me. You see, I want you to see what God does in this man's life because of the influence of this little girl. It says, and he returned to the man of God, he and all his company, and came and stood before him. And he said, behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. So because of the words of this little girl, this little maid, we have the leader of the armies of Syria um, listening to what she says. He goes down, he meets the preacher. The preacher tells him what to do. He ends up getting healed. He comes out of that river and he is totally healed of his leprosy. And why is he totally healed? Well, he's totally healed because he went down, he trusted what the preacher said. He had some issues with it. We're not going to have time to look at that. But he went down. Eventually, he gets healed. And what does he do when he gets healed? He goes back to the preacher. And what does he do? He thanks him, tries to give him a gift. But you know what? It's all because of the influence of that little girl. It's all because of the influence of somebody that was willing to speak up. It's all because of the influence that she had because of the testimony she had with the people around her. She was willing to share that God was the answer for man's needs. Her influence was life-changing to name and the people around them. I wonder if a little maid like that in a foreign country working as a slave girl in a family that, that in a sense their army captured her and took her away from her home, if she can get to the place in her life where she is able to walk in victory, not be bogged down by uh, the, the, the whys and the wherefores of how this happened to her. Maybe God took her from her country where she was, placed her in that man's home uh, to reach that man, for, for to be a, a link in the chain for that man to be reached and to see God for who he is. You see, Proverbs says, A man's gift make it room for him and bring it him before great men. And you all have gifts in this room. You all have talents. And God can use you as an individual because he has you in a particular place, a particular school, a particular job, in a particular family, living in a, a particular area in a house where he wants you to have an influence exactly where you're at. Well, let us look at some other people of influence. What about the little lad in John chapter 6? It's a real familiar story. Uh, what's the problem in John chapter 6? Uh, let's read about it. And after these things, uh, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which was the Sea of Tiberias, and there was a great multitude followed him because they saw the miracles which he had, uh, did on them that were diseased. You know what? There was a huge problem. Jesus was healing all these people. So a big load of people start following Jesus. That's kind of what happens. And uh, they get to the end of the day, and Tesco's is closed. Little hadn't been built in that town yet. 
Um, so they had no food, they had no way to feed these people, and, uh, and, and you know, you're, you're kind of stuck. And uh, you know the story, you've done it in Sunday school, or you've seen it before, you've heard it before, you've read it before, you've heard it preached before. You know, the big crowd needed fed. But there was a lad. That's what the, the Bible says. There was, there was a lad. And, you know, we, we always need to remember that, you know, um, God is always able to use what we have. See this lad that, that we're talking about? Go to John 6. If you're not there, go to John 6. Um, because it's, it's, you know, it's not named. His name isn't, his name is not John. It's not Bob. We don't know his name. In a sense, the name isn't that important. But what he does is important. So what does he do? This little lad has a, he has some fish and he has some bread, doesn't he? And Jesus is, uh, is asking the disciples, so, you know, what's going on, what he's going to do, how he's going to feed them. And this big crowd was needing fed. This lad was present. He was there. He was listening to what was going on. He was prepared. He came with food ready. You know, that's always good. Doesn't mean you can snack in church this morning, but you, you can have a snack when you're leaving. Um, but this lad also participated. He was willing to give what he had for the benefit and blessing of others. Now, we do that in a number of different ways in a church setting. We do it through the giving of tithes and offerings, but we also do it through the missions uh, ministry. So if you're not involved in missions, please speak to pastor or something like that when he's back get involved in giving to missions use what god has given you to be a blessing and a benefit to others to reach the world with the gospel uh, really important but this lad was here he was listening uh, he was prepared he had food and uh, you know he was uh, um I was wondering what was wrong when I printed out my notes the printer broke down and I printed the same page twice and I'm really dyslexic and when I read stuff like that I'm up here and my head's exploding and I'm like I've already done that passage but uh, we're in, look at John 6 9 with me uh, in John uh, 6 9 he says there is a lad here uh, which came and ha uh, which had five barley loaves two small fish but what are they among so many but you always have to remember, little as much when God is in it. And that's always the principle. Little as much when God is in it. And you know what? Jesus could have simply just snapped his fingers or, or, or winked his eye and, and, and had everybody's bellies filled without any of this uh, story going on. But there was a message in it for the disciples. There was a message in it for the people. And there was an opportunity for this young lad uh, for God to use his life. And, you know, the disciples... Um, got to see that they needed to keep trust in God. You know, the, Jesus made ev or the disciples made everybody sit down. They, they prayed over the food, and then they start distributing the food. Now, if me and you were doing that, and we were feeding 5,000 people, wouldn't we be throwing loaves of bread from one end? Mrs. Ryan would be catching a loaf of bread or some fish that I threw her from down the other end of the room if we were giving out food to 5,000 people. But that's not how Jesus got the disciples to do it. He sat them down in groups of 12 and he went around and as they were sitting, it was very orderly and he went around and everybody got enough food to eat and then whatever was remaining got taken back in. But the reason why that was able to happen, why was it? Because this lad was willing to give. This lad was willing to be a blessing to other people, even people he didn't know, 
just because he was uh, wanting to be a blessing. He used the influence of his provision in order to be a blessing to the people around him. Let's look at this. Let's move up a little bit of an age bracket. What about the teenager? You know the story of David and Goliath. Don't need to go into that story. The story of David and Goliath is, is the story of a, of a teenage boy who goes and to a war where his brothers are fighting in the war. Yet when he gets there, he sees this giant as mocking God and mocking the king and mocking his brothers and the, the armies of Israel. And, and this young fella says, I need to do something about it. And you see, what were the adults doing in this story? Well, they were all afraid. They didn't want to go out and fight Goliath. But yet when this young man came, this young man didn't look at the size he was. He didn't look at the age he was. He didn't look at the size that Goliath was. What did he do? He knew how big God was. He focused on God, and he knew that God was going to win the victory that day. And he had five smooth stones, and, and he slung one. Um, not sure why he picked up five, but people say because Goliath maybe had brothers, but I think that's, who knows. Um, but anyway, David could have slung that stone backwards and still killed Goliath. Why? Because God was in it. And when God's in it, God can use you, small, young teenager, think you can't be used for influence for God. You can be. There's an African proverb that says, if you think you're too small to make a difference, try spending a night in a closed room with a mosquito. Okay? (laughs) Um, Small things can make a difference. And you, teenager, can make a difference. I know it's hard when you have to stand up against the flood of stuff that's going on on online and in school and all that kind of stuff, but you can make a stand and make a difference. You know... You can take a step out of the shadows of the adults around you and out of the teenagers around you and make a difference. You just got to focus on God. You got to believe that God is who he is. And if God is who he is, he has the ability to see you through. And he, he's able to keep you. And he, David influenced others by his actions. And, you know, uh, we can be that same one. But be careful, teenager, because you are easily influenced. You know, adults are easily influenced, but much more so as teenagers. And I would just encourage you, be careful who you're influenced by. Who's influencing your worldview right now? Is it the YouTuber that you watch? Is it the podcast you listen to? Is it a teacher in your class? Is it what they're doing in, in, you know, in your in your school and the stuff that you're being told, uh, in your groups that you're on. Be careful who you're being influenced by. Bible says this in Proverbs. It says in Proverbs 14, 20, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a, com- a companion of fools shall be destroyed. You can ruin your life because you're listening and being influenced by the wrong people. Proverbs 1, 10 says, My son... Sinners, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Don't go there with them. Don't get involved in it. Just step away. Really, really important for us not to get involved as teenagers. It is the place as a teenager that shapes your adult life. Don't mess it up. You know, what about the woman at the well? John chapter 4. Turn to John chapter 4 with me. We'll fly through this. The woman at the well represents anybody that's ever had a bad reputation. 
because we, we used to have a women's home, but we don't anymore. We have a men's home. Um, but I thought we would use the woman at the well because uh, if I used the man, all the men at the men's home would think it's just them I was talking to. But it's the woman at the well. But she is a representation of, for us this morning, as anybody that's ever messed up, you know, and we've all messed up. And what, what happens when somebody messes up, when you have a bad reputation? Fear kicks in. And, you know, fear stops you from being all that you could be for God. And uh, this woman that we're talking about, you know, she found a way to be able to get past her past. You know, she didn't get stuck by what people thought of her. You know, she, she was somebody that knew who the Messiah was after that meeting with Jesus at the well. And she wanted to tell people about it. But I'm sure that internal voice would have kicked in when, uh, when, she, when she found that out and she, she had this joy she wanted to tell people about God. And I'm sure because we all have that inner voice that talks to us and tells us how, how bad we are and that we're never going to make anything of ourselves and we're no good and people won't listen and, and all that kind of stuff goes on in our heads and who am I? But you know what? This woman didn't listen to that voice. This woman had a terrible reputation. She had been with multiple men in that city the women had nothing to do with her. She, she wasn't able to go out with the rest of the woman, women to the well. She went at a separate time of the day. She just had a bad reputation in, in that area um, because of the choices that she had made. But you know what? When she met Jesus, her life changed. And she started acting differently, thinking differently, and doing things in a different way. And when you've, been, when you've messed up in the past, and we've all messed up at different points, if you've messed up... It can, it can have you to think that you're insignificant, that you're worthless, that you're not going to amount to anything. But you have to get past that. You have to get past your past. You have to move forward in life. You know, everybody has a shady past of one kind or another. You know, um, some shadier than others, I, I, I admit that. But this woman had a bad reputation. But she could have influence. Well, let's look how she had influence. Look down at John chapter 4, verse 28. See, this woman's reputation, in a sense, had an effect so she could have an influence on certain people. And this woman reached the city, even though we, we definitely wouldn't be using her in our church ministry if that was the case at this point, because she's just recently been saved, and God, God sends her straight into the city, and she goes in and wants to tell everybody. And the woman left her water, Paul, verse 28, and went into, in her uh, way into the city and said unto the, unto the who? Remember, in this culture, women, women stuck with women and men stuck with men. That was just kind of the way it was. Just, you know, kind of, they done things separately and stuff like that. Um, but she goes in and she speaks to the men. Why did she speak to the men? Because, you know what, many of them knew her. Okay? And what does she say to them? She says, come and see... A man which told me all the things that, I, uh, that ever I did. Is, this, is not this the Christ? So who she's saying Jesus is? She's saying Jesus is the Messiah. She's saying I've met the Messiah. I've met the one that has been foretold to come to take away the sins of the world. And she says I've met him. Come and see him. Come and talk to him. Uh, and what a message of influence that is in verse 29. Come see a man. Let me encourage you. We need to come and see Jesus ourselves. Look at verse 30. And they went out of the city and came unto him. 
You see that? That woman, bad reputation, used her influence to get people to Jesus, didn't she? God can use you even though you've been a mess in the past. God can use you, but what you have to do, you have to get people to Jesus. That's always the important issue. You know, uh, so what are we going to do about this? And we could use so many more uh, stories of uh, people that influence people in the Bible, but we'll move on for, for a few minutes. So, it's really important that when you're using uh, your influence, one of the things you have is you have a voice. And you have to be really careful how you use that voice. The Bible says this, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Now, be careful. That doesn't mean I can speak stuff into existence, all that kind of stuff. It doesn't mean that. Only God can do that. But I sure can speak to people in a way that destroys them. Or I can speak in a way that encourages them to life, encourages them to make good choices, encourages them to uh, go to Jesus, encourages them to deal with their sin. You see, the little girl we talked about earlier, you know, she wasn't obliged to say anything. Nobody forced her to say anything. She just had a born and desire within herself that she had a message that this man needed to hear. So what was she willing to do? She was willing to speak up. Did she put herself at risk speaking up? Of course. But you know what? That didn't matter at that point. His, the, his need was much greater than her need to protect herself. And she was willing to speak up. She could have stayed quiet and remained in the shadows. Or I'm sure she could have used a dozen or so excuses. At why it would be better if somebody else told them. But she didn't. She spoke up, and, uh, and she was an influence. What a blessing that is. You know what? When you look at her story as well, you're going you're gonna, to, and we won't have time to go back and read it all, but when you, when you see her when she's talking, when she's talking about God, she, there's a visible excitement about how she's talking about God. She says this. She says, Would God, my Lord, there were a prophet uh, that is in Samaria. So she's getting all excited. Why? Because she's thinking about what God can do. You know what? We need to be excited about what God can do. And not what God can do on somebody else even. What God can do on you. What God can do on me. We need to get excited about it. Uh, go back to 2 Kings with me. We'll finish off in 2 Kings. Chapter, 2 Kings chapter 5 again. I want you to see even the way she spoke to the, uh, the, our mistress. Look at verse 3. And she said unto our mistress, Would God, my Lord, there were a prophet in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. So she was absolutely convinced. And when you're convinced about who God is, it's really easy to convince somebody else who God is. But if you're not sure yourself, you know, you're always kind of to and fro. So let me encourage you. Be sure of who God is. Have that energy about you that you know who God is, that uh, you've seen him work in your life. And you know what? This girl had never seen the prophet heal anybody else of leprosy. She had never seen that happen before in her life. How do you know that? Because it tells us in the Bible. In Luke chapter 4, we're not going to go there, but Luke chapter 4, 27, it says... And many lepers were in Israel at the time of Elias the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, saying, Nahum the Syrian. 
So there was a whole lot of people leprosy back then and nobody got healed. But this little girl was convinced because she knew who God was that God could heal that man of his leprosy even though it wasn't something that was common. Just because something is not common doesn't mean God can't do it. God can do whatever he wants. You know, um, we need to show a confidence in God. You know, real, real simple slide. You know, all that you can do in your life is to, to make sure, just like that little girl, that your sphere of control, that's what you choose. That's what you control in your life. That little girl had her godly testimony. They knew that she was a godly girl in, in her life. So you control what you do in your little sphere of control. The second circle is all about your sphere of influence. Because of the way you live your life, because of what you say, because of how you deal with people and deal with yourself, you know, what does, what does the next sphere show? And that might be you could stick your children or your boss or your schoolmates in it or your society or your football team or whatever it might be. That's the influence you can have because that's the one you're touching. And we, you can't do anything else about everything else outside of that, but you can uh, help shape uh, that sphere of influence just over you. But it really starts by making sure that your life is in tune yourself before you go reaching out uh, to others. And just be an influence, be a blessing, be a help, be there for people when they need you. You know, know who God is. You know, uh, understand that God can do the miraculous. So what can you do about um, uh, influencing people uh, for the gospel? Well, make sure you have a gospel testimony yourself. Be willing to share it. If you need training on how to share it, let's ask for that training and maybe we'll do some stuff uh, to help you with that. But make sure that you have a testimony going around. There's nothing worse than the drunk evangelist. Does everybody know who the drunk evangelist is? He doesn't have a name. He's the Christian with a bad testimony that goes around telling people about how good God is. Doesn't make any sense. If you know who God is, make sure God is so impacting your life today that you have a testimony for God to give to somebody else. We need, to, we need a testimony of a gospel influence. Then we need a Christian influence. Well, how do we do that? By the way you live in your day-to-day -day life, that your life mirrors Christ. That you, you have Jesus in you. And it doesn't mean that you're perfect. There's not a perfect person in this room, I'm sure of it. And if you think you are, I'm sure I can get you to go wrong in a few minutes if you just let me. We can, we can all mess up. We all do stuff wrong on a daily basis. We all have thoughts that go astray. Isn't that true? But you know what? When we're walking with God, there's much less of that going on. Our thoughts are right. We're dealing with temptation in a right way. We're dealing with life in a better way. But we need to always make sure that our influence needs to be good. But in order for us to have an influence on, on the people around us, it needs to be a biblical worldview that we have. And that's often missing in Christians. Because we're so, you know, um, we see these little positive posts and positive Facebook messages or Instagram messages. And they sound good and they're nearly biblical sometimes. They sound like, but they're not always right. And we need to be careful that our worldview is a biblical worldview. And, you know, um, that we're, uh, you know, a biblical, a Bible-based people. We need to make sure that the world never gets a foothold in the church uh, and that we uh, know what God says about certain things. Certain things are right and certain things are wrong. And I'm not going to go through a list of what's right and wrong, but certain things are right and certain things are wrong. 
You know, Psalm 1 uh, says this. It says, um, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. So we need to be careful about the influences from the outside coming in. But we need to make sure that we are reaching out with an influence uh, with the people in our lives because the world is uh, in bad shape. And we are a light that can shine in the darkness. Don't let your light be hid because of the, the company you keep. Don't hide your Christianity in work or in school. You know, you be who God uh, has you to be. Live for him. Let people around you know that what God's doing in your life. When somebody asks you, so what you do at the weekend? Oh, nothing, I didn't do anything. You were in church. Tell them you were in church. You know, tell them what the message was about. <laughs> somebody else's message, maybe. But uh, tell them what the message was about. Tell them what God is doing in your life. You would be shocked with the amount of people that are looking for God, looking for answers. They're seeking help. So look, we're going to close in prayer. And as we close in prayer, just let me ask you the question, you know, are you being a good influence on the people around you? The people that you're responsible for, are you being a good influence on them? Or would you say this morning, no, can't say I'm being a good influence on them, but you are being an influence on them maybe in the negative. Let's turn things around. Have a self-examination time this morning and just reassess where you're at, how you act, how you talk, how you communicate with the people around you. And let's try and make a change. Let's try and get God to so influence us that we will influence our world. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for the time in your house this morning. Oh God, I just pray, Lord, that you would help each one, uh, Lord, to, to get a confidence in who you are that would so change their lives that things would be different from today out. Oh God, we pray for our young people that are so influenced by uh, schoolmates and friends and online stuff. And Lord, we just pray, oh God, you would help them to be bold and strong and Lord, that they would, uh, Lord, live that Christian life. And Lord, for those in our, our meeting this morning in our church service this morning that aren't saved, oh God, I just pray, Lord, that you would draw them to yourself, help them to see the confidence that they can have in you that you are someone who is dependable that's trustable that you are able to save that you are able to change that you are delivering god and lord i just pray that you'd make yourself real to them lord but this morning i pray uh, lord for the mothers and fathers uh, in our room lord that you were that our prayer would be to us to be better influencers of our children lord we desperately need our young people to come true for you would you help us as we seek uh, your face and lord we we try uh, lead our children uh, in the gospel uh, to yourself we pray lord you bless our church now we pray in christ's name amen